Montes Gonzalez coming back to you on Firme. That's right. Cuentos y Arte Podcast. Por todo mi gente. And everybody else. Everybody else can join too. I'm not leaving anybody out of this, this talk here. But yeah, that was exciting to have uh, Traveling Comadres on the last episode, previous episode. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty good. It's interesting what these two Latinas are doing in Nashville and what they're hoping to to share with the rest of our gente. Learning those stories, getting them out there, sharing them, realizing that we are part of a, a bigger and more connected community than we realize. And taking those labels, those titles, those identifiers, taking all of that, kind of putting that aside for a moment. You know, they're not removing it. No, they're just taking that, putting it aside and realizing that, you know what, we are have so, we all have so much in common. We're far more, I guess, connected than, than we realize at times. And uh, as that topic comes up, there is a mural in Spokane, Washington that went up just recently in regards to Black Lives Matter. And this mural is something that was privately commissioned. It's on private property, commercial property, downtown. It belongs to the the people that hired the artist. And Well, somebody went and defaced it. They went and put white paint over the mural. The mural depicts the struggle that black people have in America. And of course, there is a portrait of George Floyd on there. And well, as people are so angry about this this piece of art, this cultural art, you know, somebody's gone and defaced it. People are angry that it's there in the first place. People are saying, good, get rid of it. That's what you do to that. Because that's stupid. You know, he's a criminal. Don't make him a hero. And they're saying all these things like that. And that's where I'm compelled to say, you know, we're not making a hero out of a criminal. This has nothing to do with... George Floyd as an individual, but this has everything to do with this being a human and with this human being a black man and the way he was treated by a formal agency that's intended to protect the community. And people would even continue to argue and say, well, they are protecting the community from him because he's a criminal. It's like, right, okay, okay. But realize how often this happens to black people, black men specifically, whether or not they are criminals, whether they are participating in any criminal activity or not, they're judged. That's right. And not just by police officers, but by people in their own community. Yeah. And it's not just black men, it's brown men, 
Yeah. That's right. Brown men being Mexican, gente, you know, Colombiano, whatever. And also Middle Eastern men. Yeah. Muslim men. They're seen as as a terror, as a threat. Whereas they're not. They're just people doing what they do. Have they made mistakes in their life? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. More than likely. Yeah. I, I have. I've made mistakes in my life. Does that mean that I deserve to go to jail? No. No, I haven't broken any laws. But I have made mistakes. I've made bad decisions. I've done things that I'm not happy with. But they were done at that time. And they were done in, in, in that mind frame. And they were done, you know, with the best intentions. They just didn't work right. That wasn't the right decision to make. But through all that, people like me, they learn. They learn not to, to make those same mistakes again. And some mistakes are as bad as choosing to run a red light. Some mistakes are as bad as, uh, you know, to a, on the opposite extreme of that, going in and, and doing some criminal activity. Something, you know, some kind of vandalism, some kind of, of damage. Hey, wait a minute. Wasn't defacing that individual's cultural art vandalism? Wasn't that damage? Isn't that criminal activity? Hey, hey, I think we're onto something. Yeah, and I'll tell you now, I find it highly unlikely that a black man would have defaced that art. I find it highly unlikely that a brown man would have defaced that art. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, something tells me it was a white person that did it. Not because they just, you know, use white paint, but that they have a very conservative and very white-focused culture within their mind. That they would want that out. They would say things like, good, take it down, paint over it, that's trash, he's a criminal, disgust me, it's filthy, it's a stain in our city. Yeah, those are some of the things that I've read about that cultural art. And that's another thing. It is cultural art. It's the culture of the oppressed people and what we experience every day. So often, more often than needs to be. It shouldn't even happen in this country because you know what? It's supposed to be a free country. But for who? Everyone but the color? But the brown? The black? Men, the women that follow this, uh, I don't know, what as they, how do they say it, uh, that fit this description? Yeah, something like that. That's what I've been told. I fit a description. Yeah, yeah. So, in all this, a piece of cultural art was damaged. belongs to somebody. Somebody paid for that. That's private property. That's trespassing. That's vandalism. Those are crimes. Yeah. That's right. 
Yeah, it's, it's not going to succeed here. The majority of art that I sell, it's, it's not even here in Spokane. It doesn't stay here, it doesn't get purchased from here. It, it has nothing to do with the east side of Washington whatsoever. Everything I sell goes out. Yeah. But people don't understand the concept of putting culture in art when it comes to something they see as, as filthy or dirty. Horrible. It's like, well, yeah, that's how people treat me. They treat me like I'm filth. They treat me horrible. That is my reality. I don't photograph butterflies and rainbows because my life doesn't get butterflies and rainbows. My life gets questions. Do you live here? Do you live in this neighborhood? Yeah. It gets questions like, is this your car that you're driving? Did I see your registration? Yeah. Are you legal? Are you from here? Were you born here in the United States? Or what part of Mexico are you from? How long have you been in the country? Yeah. Those are questions that I'm asked here in the Pacific Northwest. And most specifically, those are questions that I'm asked in Spokane. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I get asked. And you know, that is horrible. That That is sick. That is disgusting to have to be asked those questions when you're a few miles from your house. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really disgusting to have to be asked those questions when you're at work and you're being asked those questions by a coworker. Wow. How long have you been speaking English? Because you, you don't even have an accent. You don't even sound like you're a Mexican. Yeah. It may not seem like much to you. But, you know, those questions, they're uncalled for. But that is what brown people experience in Spokane. Though that, that's the culture of Eastern Washington. That's what we experience here. And for some of you that are unhappy with hearing this or pissed off that you're hearing this or downright disgusted that you're hearing this or feeling very awkward and uncomfortable that you're hearing this, yeah, this is the reality. don't like the way that I'm speaking right now about what I as an individual person here and this is just one person you know there there are other brown people in this community that I'm sure have heard something similar if not possibly even worse and you know what that, again like I said that's that is just that is just my individual experience yeah and that's the, you know, the, the PG-13 version 
<laughs> that I'm putting on this podcast. Because you know what? I I don't know exactly who's gonna listen to this, and I'm I'm just making it in a version that would be appropriate for me to share that I feel comfortable sharing. Because there are other things that that I'm not ready to talk about. No, not not just yet. Not on a platform like this. In a conversation with somebody, yeah, I, I might go there. But you know what? Not right here. <laughs> not yet. Not ready. But yeah, there's there is. There's a lot that's happening that is unkind. That is angry. That is hurtful. That is taking apart our community little by little. And these conservative, focused, light-skinned individuals, they just don't, they don't see it. They don't care to see it because it doesn't affect them. Yeah. I didn't see, I have in my life, I've never seen or heard of so many white people scream that their civil rights are being taken away. Yeah, their lives are being altered and damaged by a face cover, by a mask. Yeah, yeah, that piece of fabric, that piece of paper, that is damaging their life and taking away their civil liberties. And God forbid that that ever get in the way of them being a human being in the United States of America. But when a person gets a knee to the neck and can't breathe, yeah, that's what he gets. That's what he deserves. He's a criminal. Yeah. yeah that's, that's where America is right now. And with this past weekend being the 4th of July, there was no celebration for me. Mm-hmm. I can't celebrate a country that puts me down and keeps me down. Yeah, it's not my celebration. That's not my independence. Nope. Nope, I still haven't had my independence. Like many black and brown people, we're we're working on that right now. We are making those changes right now in our communities so we can gain that independence. We're not there yet. Too many obstacles, too many people keeping us where they want us, and um, yeah, that's that's where we're at. We're working towards it, and until until there is that equity, I can't rightfully say that I'm going to celebrate Independence Day. Yeah. Fourth of July will come and go for me as it has for so many years. And the more and more I see this country and the direction it's going, the more and more I want to just not be involved in things like Fourth of July. Yeah, I just don't want to be involved in it. And it hurts me. It hurts me to say that. 
because as a person that has worn the United States over his heart, a person that has served the United States of America in the military with a family history of, of, of my, my previous generation serving, wearing the United States over their heart, flag on their shoulder. We have we have dedicated time and effort to this nation that doesn't want us. Yet we can make the commitment. We will make that commitment. We do make that commitment. But the country can't commit to us. So in all this, you know, all I can really say ultimately is that we are far more equal than we are not. We are far more alike than we're not. We all have families. We all have that crazy aunt. We all have that drunk uncle. We all have that grandma that's no longer with us that we love and we miss. We all have those children running around the house. We all have those teenagers that give us attitude. Yeah. We're all so much alike. And that, that is where I see the beauty in what the traveling comadres are doing. Because it's people like that that want change and they have a passion for it they want change in the world in the United States of America in, in their communities but they're not getting angry about it they're not just picking up a sign and, and pumping a fist no, they're making change they're talking out the similarities and differences people in their community and communities across the country to, to show people, show everyone we are we, we're alike we have so much in common we're all buena gente if we want to be yeah so it's people like that that are building community it's people like that that are are creating the better world the world we want it's not just going to happen and it's not just going to magically happen because you demand it nothing happens because you demand it I mean think about it how many TV shows have you seen where the jewelry thief is being held up by all these police and he says he demands a helicopter so he can escape cops look at each other like yeah you go on with your bad self. And then they take down the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's that same concept, man. You demand something, you're not going to get it. Yeah. When kids demand something, do you just give it to them? Yeah. Do you do, you do that with your families? Yeah. Your wife demands something to you. 
or, 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 or you demand something of your wife, do you just do it? There's a difference now. Demanding is, is forcing somebody to do something that they may or may not even agree with. When you demand something, that's being selfish. That's an aggressive manner of being selfish. That's what a demand is. And nobody ever wins from a demand. You know, you, you never really make a better community, a better world. You may get something to shut you up. But you know what? You're not getting it with care. You're not getting it with respect. You're just getting it so it can shut you up. That's all you're getting when you demand something. Yeah. That's what happens. The people that are giving to you, they don't care. They just want to shut you up just so you can go away. So they're going to give you something. Now they're going to let you have it and just, you know, from there on out. No, maybe it's something temporary. Yeah, there may have been some fine print that you didn't read. That they will take it away when you're all nice and happy and you forget. And it's not so much a focus of yours anymore. They may just take it away. Yeah. No one said they had to maintain it. No one said that they had to continue to provide for it. You just said you wanted it. Here, there, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. So demanding justice, you don't get justice. You get you just get something to, to shut you up. When you demand equity, you don't get equity. Not really. You're getting something to shut you up. That's why I don't mind having these uncomfortable conversations with people. Yeah, I'm not here to convert them to think like I do. I'm not here to completely change their lives. I'm not going to demand that they see my point of view. No. I'm just here to share with them what I see. I'm here to express what I feel. And let them understand that. Let them experience a little bit of what I experience. And when they realize that there's pain attached to what I experience, people feel that. They remember that. And when they remember that, going forward, they'll think twice before they ask somebody, how long have you been in the country? When did you move here from Mexico? Yeah, they'll stop asking that. They'll stop saying things like that. They'll think twice before they just jump to a conclusion and wonder why you don't have an accent like they do on the you know on the shows and how come you don't sound like you're a Mexican yeah so and all that that's that's 4th of July weekend for me is um you know it's it's fun when you have kids and you pop the fireworks and you have fun with that but you know I can do that any day 
I don't have to wait for Fourth of July to, to make a lot of noise. You know, same thing with my kids. We don't have to wait for Fourth of July to make noise. We can pop fireworks whenever we got them. Pop maybe got them. <laughs> but um, yeah, but celebrating and, and wearing those colors can be hard at times. It can be difficult. It's days like like Fourth of July that I sit back and I reflect on my time in service, and I think of my dad, my uncles. I think of what they experienced and where they are now in their lives and the conflict they have emotionally and socially because of what they experienced. It makes me wonder, you know, is this what we're here for? Is this what we're here to give this country? And then the country turns around and deports people that serve in the United States to Mexico because they were lied to. They were told they were going to have citizenship. They didn't gain their citizenship, so they get deported. And true, yes, some of them have committed crimes. Yeah, they have. They eventually do because they're stuck in poverty. Yeah, because they're not citizens. So they can't get a decent job after leaving the military. They work as day laborers out in a field somewhere. They're hungry. They're desperate. They act on being so desperate. They get caught. They get punished, put in jail, and deported. Or others simply just get just deported. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Bypasses the whole criminal history thing. They just get deported. Screw it. Boom. Get him out of here. Gave me his, uh, you know, four years or six years, whatever, and boom, get him out. Don't need him anymore. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, that happens all too often. All too often. And so, yeah kind of hard to celebrate that that holiday didn't belong to me it's like going out and celebrating Bastille Day yeah I'll be very honest it doesn't even mean anything to me but you know what it's a big deal to the French it means a lot to them it's part of their heritage part of their culture and they have every right to celebrate it and love it and enjoy it show that pride in that day it's a great day for them but as a Mexican American man it doesn't register as anything to me just like 4th of July it's a great day wonderful holiday these uh, white people that came to this land and colonized it and then they broke free of their oppressors. They, um, they fought 
it's theirs. They should enjoy it. But um, in doing what they did, they then in turn to other cultures and dismantled them. Yeah, I am part of that dismantled culture, and I don't really have a special connection to this holiday that it doesn't belong to me. Just, uh, yeah. And um, yeah, so that's where we're at today, Pente. That's where we're at today. all this people like traveling comadres want to make a difference they're gonna make a difference it's gonna be awesome so I hope you uh, catch their podcast that dropped just yesterday rewind a little bit go check it out share it so that they can connect and start talking with people start getting those stories documented it's so important to hear those untold stories of our gente so that the younger generation can learn and grow and understand where they come from because if you don't understand where you come from don't really know where you're going strongly believe that yeah so in all this people I say to you, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. I appreciate your your voice messages coming back to me, encouraging me. That's why I continue. And I appreciate the the support that even that monetary support. I truly appreciate that helping fund this this podcast and giving us the ability to to share our stories and say what we have to say on a platform that can be shared with so many people so yeah subscribe to the the podcast either here on anchor or on spotify or google podcasts or wherever you you search for your podcast whatever platform you're using you know search for firme F-I-R-M-E Latinx Cuentos y Arte Yeah, search for it Give the rest of the episodes a listen If you haven't already And there's far more to come Oh yeah, there's so much more to come Uh, Other interviews coming down Talking with some Artists making changes In different places So yeah, we're We're looking to To talk with more gente, much like you know, the traveling comadres, and it's not just going to be talking to Mexican American people or Spanish speaking gente, but we're going to have other people as guests on this podcast Asian, black, white. Yeah, we're going to have all sorts of guests on this podcast because you know we are all a part of this community we're all a part of this country that we live in together 
so we should be able to put our differences aside and talk for a little while on a podcast. You know, we got to start somewhere to put differences aside to be able to to navigate through through bigger challenges in this country and challenges that that should be truly battled together. Better health care, better education, better pay. Yes, there are other things going on. We shouldn't have to be so focused on on um, things like the you know the color of our skin, the way we pronounce words, the way we dress, our religion, things like that that are very personal, things that don't change. We shouldn't be so focused on them, but. I can't help but discuss it now because those those are the problems we're having in this country. We got to change them. Yep. It's not going to change itself. We got to get up and do it. Just like an old TV, you got to get up and change the channel yourself. It's not going to change because you sit in your fat chair and you demand it. Yeah. Kicking and screaming. Change. No. Society won't change because you said so. Picketing makes awareness. But getting up and making changes in your community, that brings real change. If more communities could do that across this country, boom, we'd have the world we want. So... I say to you, continue to be buena gente. Continue to do the things you're doing. Keep making this world great. Keep making this world a world worth living in, worth sharing and giving to our younger generations because they're going to grow up and they're going to look back and see what we did or what we didn't do. Yeah. And the generation after that They're going to do the exact same thing. Say, what the hell kind of ancestors are these? Yeah. They had chances. But instead, they just pumped their fist and picked up a sign. They could have actually made real change by doing things. But, yeah, it's it's, it's the actions we make. So, yeah. Thank you for joining And we'll come back to you again mañana. So until then, I say to you, bueno.